title of our word today is Sabbath Power. Sabbath Power. I do believe this is probably the first time I've actually preached a sermon about the Sabbath, so I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's go to our passage, Mark chapter 2. We're going to read from verses 23 through 28 to get us started. Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28. Mark 2, 23 through 28. It'll be on the screen so you can read and follow along. This is the word of God. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And he answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. In other words, you know, when they were hungry, even though it's really not okay to eat, to to, to do it, God says it's okay. Right? Because, because, why? Verse 27. And then he said to them, the Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. If you take a bigger kind of, if you, if you take a more of a macro look of that principle, he's saying the rules and the laws were made for man, not man for rules and laws. Verse 28. And so the Son of Man, Jesus speaking of himself, is Lord even of the Sabbath. Right? He's he's like, I'm the Lord. I know what it is. I made it up. I'm going to teach you what it is. And I believe God wants to teach us about the Sabbath today. Amen. Again, the title of today's message is Sabbath Power. Sabbath Power. So the good news for us today is that There is power, and there is strength, there is peace, and there is rest that we are to receive when we make the Sabbath a part of our lives. The Bible says that God made the Sabbath as a blessing for man. Mark chapter 2, verse 27, again, it says, Then Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. I want to quickly give you five reasons why God gives us the Sabbath. Number one, To bless us. The Sabbath is meant to bless you and me in our mind, our body, in our soul, and our spirit. God cares about your entire being. Number two, God gives us the Sabbath to teach us, to teach us. God teaches us his ways, the way he works through the Sabbath. Number three, to grow us, to grow us. Uh, God uses the Sabbath to grow our faith and to grow our walk, to grow us spiritually, to grow us in obedience and in holiness. And number four, to know Him, to know Him. God uses the Sabbath to grow us closer to Him. And number five, to glorify Him, to glorify Him. If you remember, the word glory in the Bible is actually referring to the goodness of God. And so God's glory, his goodness, shines through the Sabbath, through the Sabbath. So 
the basics. What is the Sabbath? You may be asking, especially if you're new to church, you didn't grow up in the church, you're like, well, what is the Sabbath? I've never heard of this word before. Uh, a very basic, a very oversimplified explanation of what the Sabbath is, is that it's a day of rest. That was directed by God. God instructs his people to set aside one day of the week to only rest. And the key being to not work. His instruction was to not work on the Sabbath so that we could rest. And as we see in Exodus, <clears throat> God actually commands the Sabbath within the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, it says, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The word holy means to be set apart, make it different. Verse 9, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. I really want to emphasize that work is the big thing here. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. In other words, nobody, <laughs> nobody should work. Verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, referring to Genesis. In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But God rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy, and he made it holy. Now, the key, the key understanding that we need to have today is that the biggest meaning of the Sabbath in the Old Testament is covenant, covenant. Keeping the Sabbath was a sign of covenant for the Israelites in the Old Testament. It was like wearing a wedding ring, right? It marked God's people as unique and belonging to God. And as part of the Old Testament law, keeping the Sabbath was required to be holy, to be righteous and acceptable to God. So if you wanted to be righteous, holy, and acceptable to God, you had to keep the Sabbath because it was part of the law. But now, somebody said now, but now, I like that, but now, but now, today, here, right now, you and me, we are New Testament Christians. Amen. We are New Testament Christians. And that means that we are not under the law like the Israelites were in the Old Testament. We are not under the law, but we are under grace. Amen. Romans chapter 7 verse 6, it says, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. The written code is the law. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says, For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. Saying sin shall no longer own you. You do not belong to sin. You belong to God now. You belong to Jesus. Why? Because you are not living under the law, under the Old Testament law, but you are living under New Testament grace. 
So the Bible says now, now we are under a new covenant. Now we are not enemies of God. Now we are the children of God. Now we are not just servants of God. Now we are friends of God. Amen. And one of the most important differences between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant is essence. Essence. Uh, essence is referring to the heart of something, right? The reason for something, the purpose of something, the principle, or the why, right? The why of something. The why is the essence. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, in the Amplified Version, it says... He, God, has qualified us, making us sufficient as ministers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ, not of the letter of a written code, but of the Spirit, for the letter of the law kills by revealing and demanding obedience, but the Spirit gives life. Man, I love that. (laughs) For the letter of the law, some of us memorized this recently. For the letter of the law kills by revealing sin and demanding obedience. See, when the Bible, when the Bible talks about here, uh, about the written code of the letter of the law, right? it's talking about the law, the religious law. And it says the religious law by itself kills. It cannot give life, right? Because all it can do is reveal your sin. It can just show you that you're a sinner. And then all it can do is demand obedience, Demand obedience. It cannot help you to obey. It cannot change you to obey. It can only demand that you obey, and that is why it kills. And the reason why it kills is because the religious law is not about why, it's about what. What you have to do. What is right, what is wrong, what you need to do to be acceptable to God, what you need to do in order to be saved, what you need to do in order to be holy and righteous. The religious law focuses on what, but the gospel is focused on why. On why. The essence, the heart, the heart of God, the heart of the Father. And so, for us today, when it comes to the Sabbath, the question now is why? Why? Right? If you want to know the real meaning of the Sabbath, then the question is, why? What is the essence? What is the meaning? What was God's purpose for the Sabbath? And the answer is the gospel. The answer is Jesus. First and foremost, the Sabbath is all about Jesus. It is all about God, and it's all about our relationship with him. You see, the Sabbath is actually what we call a shadow. It is a shadow and a type of the gospel that was meant to teach us about the gospel. The Sabbath was meant to teach people to stop striving and instead to rest in God. God will do it. God will take care of you. Do not worry. Do not fear. Stop your striving and rest in God. So as we saw earlier, in the Old Testament, the Sabbath centers around work, right? And the people were supposed to not work on the Sabbath. Now, this is really important because that work represents the work that the people had to do to make themselves acceptable to God through the work of obedience to the law. And that is what God came. That's why Jesus came, to set us free from that 
work to give us Sabbath. So when Jesus comes and he dies on the cross, he rises again from the grave, he is saying, look, now I have done all the work. I have paid the price for you. I died the death that you were supposed to die. I paid the debt that you were supposed to pay. I have now obeyed God for you perfectly in a way that you couldn't, in a way that you could never. I have fully, perfectly obeyed God, and so now I am your Savior. Now I am your righteousness. I have done all the work, and therefore now I am your Sabbath. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is our Sabbath. Jesus is the real Sabbath in our lives. Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 17, it says, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regards to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These, look at this, these are shadow. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, the real Sabbath, the real Sabbath is found in Christ. Jesus is the real Sabbath. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus is the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. Jesus is the high priest. Hebrews 1, 3, it says, The Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down. Who sat down? Jesus sat down. What did Hebrews 4.14 says that Jesus was? He is the great high priest who sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Brothers and sisters, I need you to get this. Jesus sat down. The Bible says that Jesus sat down. Jesus is our great high priest, and he sat down. The meaning of this, the gospel in this, is found in the fact that here, Jesus is symbolic of all the priests that the Israelites had in history. And those priests never sat down. When they served in the temple, there were no chairs. They could never sit down. They could never rest. They could never Sabbath. Why? Because their work was never done. They had to keep working to cover all the sins of the people. They had to keep making sacrifices to cover all their sins. They could never sit down because the law was not enough. The law could not finish, could not accomplish God's will. There was no rest in the law. There was no real Sabbath in the law, which is ironic because the law right, commends Sabbath. But within the law of itself, the Bible says there was only death, no rest. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Hallelujah. For those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, right, talking about the Spirit of the law, Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you from the law of sin and death. Again, the written law 
of sin and death. Verse 3, for, hallelujah, this is so good, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Again, what that means is that the law could not give us rest. The law could not finish the work. And so we had to keep working. We had to keep trying to earn God's favor, God's acceptance, right? But then Jesus, through Jesus, God sends his son to finish the work of being acceptable to God. Verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully. Somebody said fully. fully. Don't you forget, Jesus, not us, Jesus, through his death and his resurrection, he has fully accomplished and fulfilled the righteous requirements so that the the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Now it's as if in us all of the law is fully accomplished. We are fully righteous. Who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit, right? That's not talking about sin and all that stuff. It's talking about who do you put your faith in? The flesh represents are you putting your faith in the law By works of the flesh are you saved, or are you putting your faith in the Spirit through Jesus Christ are you saved? Hallelujah. And so, Jesus accomplished what the law could not accomplish. He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He finished the work. He sat down. And like how God rested on the seventh day of creation, Jesus is now resting. He is seated. He is resting because of true Sabbath, because of true Sabbath. And here's more good news. Not only is Jesus sitting, seated, resting, and Sabbathing, we are seated as well. We are seated with him. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And God raised us up with Christ when he came out of the grave. We came up with him. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And that, this is the true meaning of Sabbath. Right? This is gospel Sabbath because Jesus is our Sabbath. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, Jesus. (laughs) Just put that in the chat. Jesus. Jesus is our Sabbath. Jesus is the true Sabbath of our hearts and our minds and our spirits. Now, the reason why all of this is so important is because Jesus, Sabbath in Jesus, is the root for all other Sabbaths that we need in life. So for any and every area in life where you need rest, where you need peace, where you need freedom, it all starts with our peace in God. If I have peace in my relationship with God, then I, then I can have peace in all other things. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And so if you have peace in God, you'll have peace in your home. If you have peace in God, you'll have peace at work. If you have peace in God, you'll have peace about your future, even if you don't know, if you're not sure, you don't know where to go, what to do, what to do with your life. But if you have peace in God, you will have peace about your future. And if you have peace in God, you'll have peace about your past. 
right? Those regrets will not hold you anymore. They won't, they won't define you anymore. Your mistakes in the past, they, they will not hold you and define you. And this is true Sabbath power Amen. to set us free, to heal Amen. us, to define us. Now, of course, you know, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> You know, this doesn't mean that we will never have trouble. Uh, it doesn't mean that our peace will never be shaken. But what this does mean is that God is the anchor of our peace. Whenever we are in a storm, he is our Sabbath, Sabbath anchor. And he will always bring us back home. He will always bring us back into a place of peace, to a place of rest. He will always bring us back into Sabbath, no matter how far we get lost in the storm. And so the gospel, Jesus, he is the root. He is the foundation of Sabbath. So in a way, Jesus is supposed to be the Sabbath in our Sabbath, right? Jesus is the Sabbath within our Sabbath. What do I mean? You know, a lot of us... You know, we do take days off. We go on vacation. You know, we don't work on on the Sabbath, like on Sundays, you know, and and so on and so forth. And yet still, week after week, month after month, we are still tired. In our mind, in our hearts, in our souls, we're still empty, right? Despite taking this rest and these, doing these Sabbaths, we are not growing. We're not growing in our joy. Joy. We're not growing in our peace. You know, we only feel happy when it's the weekend, right? You only feel peace when it's Saturday. But when Sunday comes up, oh, no, <sighs> got to go back to work, right? We dread Mondays, right? We still feel burdened and empty during the week because we still feel Right? We, we, we continually to always feel this emptiness. See, there's no change. There's no growth. And we are not getting any stronger. Right? That's the problem. You Sabbath, but nothing's happening. You're not growing. You're not getting stronger. Your peace is not stronger. Your joy is not stronger. So the question is, what's the problem? What's the problem? What's missing? I would like to suggest for you today, maybe what is missing is the Sabbath in your Sabbath. What's missing is the Sabbath in your Sabbath. True Sabbath is not a day. It is a person. It is Jesus. So wherever I go, right, if I know that Jesus is my Sabbath, and if I make Jesus my Sabbath, right, it's okay to go on vacations. Don't get me wrong. It's okay to take days off and time off. That's okay. But what I'm saying is that I know that's not my real Sabbath. I know those are not the things that are truly going to give me strength, truly give me life. Jesus is my Sabbath. And when Jesus, and when Sabbath is not a day or an activity, but it is a person, that means then wherever I go, if he is with me, I have Sabbath. Because it's not a day, it's a person. The Bible says, therefore, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. Why? Because Sabbath is with me. Because you are with me. I will not fear. I will not fear because you are my Sabbath. Now, this reminds me of a really great example of a a pastor. He told me about this woman who, who was a Holocaust survivor. And not only was she a Holocaust survivor, but she was a Nazi concentration camp survivor. She lived and she 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 was, you know, she lived a a horrible experience 
for years in a Nazi concentration camp, but she survived. And not only did she survive, but she is also a Nazi forgiver. Forgiver. See, she, she lost family. She lost her closest, dearest sister. She died in the concentration camp. But after the war was over, she met with these soldiers, these ones who imprisoned her. They beat her, beat her and her sister. In a way, these were the ones that were responsible for the death of her family. And she went up to them and forgave them and shared the gospel with them. And what I was told was that years later when she was asked, how did you make it? How did you survive the Nazi concentration camp? And she said something like this. Uh, when I was walking around in the Nazi camp, I focused on walking with Jesus. And so I was not walking around in a Nazi camp. I was walking in the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus was her Sabbath. Amen. Not a place, Amen. not a day, not a season, not conditions. A person. Amen. Jesus. And so she had Sabbath in her heart. She had Sabbath in her spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me start the piano. And so this is what God wants for you. This is what I want for you. This is what I want for everybody in Joyful City to be able to experience and live and have this kind of Sabbath in your heart, in your life every day, and it starts with Jesus. But before I let you go, I do want to give you some practical things that you can do to Sabbath starting today and each and every day. How can you Sabbath? How can you experience Jesus as your Sabbath in every situation, in every circumstance, in every season? Number one, number one, repent. <laughs> repent. Let God cleanse you of all your sin. Some of the reasons why, for some of us, a lot of us, maybe you don't have peace in your heart, you don't have rest in your soul, is because your relationship with God is not right. Or because you're carrying sin, you're carrying guilt, you're carrying shame every day in your heart. And that is what's taking away your peace. That is what's killing your joy. And so today, God invites you, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. I will not give you burdens. I will take burdens off you. I'm going to take the burden of guilt and shame off of you. So you can come to Jesus, receive forgiveness. If you are a prodigal, if you, if you have backslidden, if you're not living in a relationship with God, today is your day. This is the day you can give your life back to Jesus and receive grace, receive forgiveness, receive the cleansing that will get rid of all the guilt and the shame and the condemnation that you've been living in. Hallelujah. And I want to add this, receive grace. Because some of you, you're trying to live and you've been living as good Christians, but you don't have this joy. You don't have this Sabbath. And so to you, I also say, let go of the law. Come under grace. Come under grace. That's how you find the Sabbath of your soul. 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Come on, I'm preaching good news to somebody. I'm preaching the gospel to somebody. No matter how many times you've been, how many times you've committed that sin, no matter how long you've been in that sin, no matter how long you've been away from God, right, this is your day. He will forgive you. He will purify you. He will give you rest, Sabbath, in your heart today. Amen? Number two, number two, receive. Number one, repent. Number two, receive, receive. Take time every day to receive from God. 
right? As we just said, to receive grace, to receive forgiveness. But even more than that, pray into and receive all of God's blessings, all of God's promise to you by faith. Not by works, but by faith. Receive by faith all of his blessings, all of his promises. Ephesians chapter 1 says that we have been blessed in the heavenly in the heavenly realms with all spiritual blessings. These are now all of it. All of it is ours now through Christ Jesus. Jesus himself says, fear not, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And the only way to really truly receive from God is not by works, but by faith in Jesus. By faith that the cross is enough. Because when we try to earn God's blessings through works, there's no rest in our souls. There's no real peace. Because there's always this burden. There's always this worry, this fear. Am I doing enough? Am I doing it right? Am I fearing God enough? Am I, am I, am I being holy enough? And that's why so many Christians are, are good, but they're not happy. <laughs> they're morally good. They're morally good, right? But they're not really doing spiritually good, right? Because because they're trying to receive and earn God's blessings through works, right? And so there's no rest, right? Because there's your heart is full of fear. Or your heart is not at peace because your heart is full of self-righteousness. It's full of pride. So either you're like, am I doing enough? Or you're thinking, I am doing enough. Yeah, I'm a good Christian, of course. God loves me, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, so, I'm such a good, I'm, I'm so nice to people. I'm kind. Yeah, I bear good fruit. I repent. I go to church. I tithe. And yet I feel empty. And yet I don't feel this peace. And yet I, you know, I hear such good news every day or every Sunday, you know, through Joyful City and through the sermon, and even today's sermon. And I'm like, man, I, I don't think that's my life. And perhaps the reason why is, again, you're, you're holding on to the written law. You're holding on to self-righteousness. And there's no room for God's grace. Because <laughs> self-righteousness and that pride, that, those things are joy killers. And the joy of the Lord is supposed to be your strength. And so when we receive God's blessings by faith, only that will give you the certainty. Only that can give you the confidence that God's promises are all yes and amen towards you. Amen? How can I be sure that God's going to bless me? How can I be sure? What if this? What if that? What if I? What if I? What if I? No, if it's all about Jesus, then there's a confidence that that will never change. His yes to me will never change. The Bible says all are yes and amen through Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 through 20 in the NASB, it says, For as many as the promises of God are in Him, speaking of Jesus, they are yes. Come on, somebody. They are yes. Every promise from Genesis to Revelation from God to you is yes. Yes and amen. Therefore, through Him also is our amen to the glory of God through us. Us. Amen. Amen. And you're like, well, why haven't I been receiving or experiencing these promises? Well, because it's not about earning. It's about timing. It's about timing. God has a timing for when he releases the promises and the blessings uh, of, that he has planned for you. And the devil can get in your ears like, well, it's not happening because, you know, you got to do blah, 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 blah. Right? And the Bible says, well, according to your faith, it shall be done. You want to live by works? Go ahead and live by works. But there's something better. Hallelujah. You can live in freedom. You can live in joy. You can live in Sabbath, knowing that through Jesus, it is all yes and amen. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. Number three, the third way, the third thing I want to encourage you to do 
to, to cultivate Sabbath in your, word, in your life is, is the Word. Get into the Word of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. I believe that second part is talking about religious stuff. It's like, yeah, you think the religious stuff is God's will. No, 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 no. When you know grace, when you know Jesus, you'll know what truly is God's will, what is truly good, what is true, truly pleasing and perfect. And the way that happens is the renewal of your mind. And how do you renew your mind? Getting into the Word of God. Meditating on the Word of God. Memorizing the Word of God. And it's not about quantity, it's about quality. You know, you can, you can change your life through one verse. Hallelujah. If you would just pray, pray. And I want to encourage you, encourage you to do that. Reading God's word without prayer will ultimately really lead you to a dead end and lead you empty because God's word, the Bible says that the word of God is the sword of the spirit, right? It's, it's the Holy Spirit sword. So you need the Holy Spirit to speak that word and, to, and to, to, to cut through into your heart, into your soul, to pierce your heart and your soul with his word, to get it deep inside of you. You need to pray. And I want to say specifically, you got to take time through prayer, through the word, to line up your heart, your mind, and your spirit so that your identity is in God. you got to let your identity rest in God. Some of you, you're not resting. You don't have peace because you don't know your identity. Or you keep trying to form your identity, determine your identity by what you do by what you do through your performance, and so there's no rest in that. When we find our identity in Jesus and not in what, it, in, and not in what we do, sorry, that is when we have peace and Sabbath in our hearts. Amen? And number four, number four, last one. Number four, yep, take a day off. <laughs> take a day off. Take a day off. Again, on the seventh day of creation, God took the day off. Right? He was out of the office. He didn't go to work. He just rested the entire day, entire day. So as much as you can, right, consistently take one day off through your week. Now, again, uh, we know that there's circumstances and situations where some people, you, you can't afford that because of your financial situation, your family situation. And this is not legalism. This is why the, the Bible talks about, this is about the essence, it's about the heart, it's the why, not the what. And so there's grace for this. And so I want to encourage you, even if you can't take an entire day off, like a Sunday or a Saturday, then at least try to take as much time as you can, you know. Try to take as much time as you can, but the key is, I think, consistency. So if you could take three hours each day, like on a Tuesday or a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday, do that. Commit to that. You know, there's a verse that says... Um, you know, uh, enter into God's rest. Do everything you can. Strive to enter into God's rest, which is kind of like, like ironic. It's like rest and do nothing, but work really hard to get into that rest. And, and, the, and, the, and, and it's because of this. It's like, you know, if you look at human behavior, you understand that rest and peace is not about no activity. It's about doing the right activities. You know, and if you've ever tried to rest, it's really hard to turn your brain off. You know, like you'll see memes of people who are like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to sleep. And like at 2 or 3 a.m., you just have like these random crazy thoughts. My brain will not let me sleep, right? And so it takes effort and it takes training. And some of you, like if you can't rest right away, if you take a day off and you're like, oh, this is not restful, stay, stay at it. 
Stay committed, right? Because now you're wrestling with your flesh and you're wrestling and you got to train and you got to work at your flesh to rest and it's going to be worth it. Amen. And so anyways, take time off, set a day off, learn to say no to things. Amen. It's like, well, I don't have time to Sabbath. No, you, you, you just keep saying yes to a lot of things or, or you keep like, you know, you know, I'm pretty sure if you cut down your time on your phone, <laughs> you could find some Sabbath time. If you, you know, cut back on some time of hanging out with people, uh, you know, and your friends, you can find some Sabbath time. So you got to learn to say no. Even to good things, you got to say no. And so uh, you have to understand that Sabbath is not just about resting from work, but it's about resting from everything. You know, it's like, oh, my kids and this and blah, 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 or, or this and that family or work. You, you just got to try to let everything go. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Learn to say no. Set it all aside. It's not going anywhere. Don't worry. Right? It's not the end of the world. Of course, there are times, emergencies, you got to take care of things right away. I'm not saying like, you know, <laughs> oh, no, the building is burning. No, I can't help you. I can't, I can't work. It's, it's a Sabbath. You know, I'm not saying that. It's, it's just that consistency and that practice of, of, of resting in God. And, of course, spend time with God. Right? During that time. Spend time with God in your Sabbath time. But, again, don't make that work. You know, sometimes, some people, like, you know, QT is like a work. You know, it's, it's a burden. It's just like, it's like, you know. And then all of a sudden you feel, right? In English, I don't know. Like, I'm so, I've been in Korea for too long, ladies and gentlemen. But it's like, you know, we turn, like, if you start finding yourself like, oh, man, I need to read my word. You're doing it wrong. You've turned it into work somewhere. Somewhere in your paradigm, somewhere in your understanding, somewhere in your approach to God's word, it's become work. And you need to pray through that, ask God to help you to deconstruct that so that it's not work, it's Sabbath. It's Sabbath. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God is good.